Uh, so, Raymond, uh, you, you, you trust me? Raymond. Raymond in the back. I know we got two rays, but that Raymond, you trust me? So I need you to sit up here with Zamein, if that's okay. Please. Just some things. Uh, it's time for you to get what you need. Right? Right? It's time for you to get what you need. I don't know if Zamein was leaving, but I just. He's, okay, he's staying. Yeah, sometimes if is hey, so remember that mirror we talked about? I already prayed for the kids, right? Yeah, good. Okay. Remember that mirror we talked about? All right, so what was last week's lesson? Anybody know? Now, it was more than just take a look at the mirror. Okay. Now, I don't even have a script. See what's in there that's been in there for a long time. Right? You remember now? Yes. And change it. So, so this week when you look in the mirror, look through the lenses of asking, uh, what's hindering the connection with God? Mm. You know, you, you, I mean, atmosphere, praise and worship, people flowing, and something in me, not in me, but something in, in, in some of you is, okay, wow. What are they getting? Because <laughs> I ain't getting that. Ask yourself, so don't be, don't be overconfident and arrogant and assume that it's got to be something wrong with them. It might be something that, that, that you're carrying that's hindering or severing the connection. Does that make you evil? Does that make you a bad person? Does that make you imperfect? No, that makes you like everybody in the room that realize they had to let allow some. They had to allow some old things to be passed away, so all things to become new. That's all it is, right? And this is the thing: you can choose to do it, or you put in a humble position where you have to do it. Now you know a lot of times when you when you put in a humble position, you know what the first thought is: to be defiant and fight. But you know what? That means you're in that position longer. Soon as you get it, you can move on, right? But sometimes we're prideful, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, ain't nobody gonna tell me. That's not what the goal is, right? The goal is to, see, I don't, I, don't, I don't care if I'm embarrassed, I don't care if I look bad, I don't care if I didn't come up with the idea. The, see, I'm focused on the goal. I don't care if on the team, I'm the man. This guy that never plays because everybody got hurt gets in the game and he has the opportunity for the layup and wins the game. Everybody's going, I don't care. You know why? I just want to win. It doesn't have to be me. Long as we win. As Apollos is talking and, um, and uh, disciples like, man, what is he doing over there? He's trying to preach what we're preaching, and, but he's missing something. The leader says, hey, man, just go and show him a more excellent way. But he's with us. He just doesn't understand some things. Not, there's something wrong with him. You understand what I'm saying? All right, so, so look in that mirror and ask God, 
what could be severing a connection. Actually, why am I moving when I should be still? Why is something in me where I always got to get up when you're doing stuff? I'm at the house, turn on because I decided to stay at the house because something says, I just, you know, it's raining outside. And my default when it's raining, I stay at home, you know. And so I thought I was going to sleep in, but now I can't sleep. Okay, since I can't sleep, now I'm going to watch the message online. Now while I'm watching the message online, for some reason, I got to keep getting up doing stuff. For whatever reason, I just keep getting up. And it's interesting, I may not realize it, but it's each time when the truth is coming up. But see, I'm not going to even see that because I left before I heard the truth. But something in my system says when a truth that could challenge me or convict me or is, 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 is making me want to change or something I'm doing, all of a sudden I'm moving. All of a sudden, hey, hey, hey you're, you're in the house right now. Hey, 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 you know, can I get some extra pancakes? I could have asked any other time for those extra uh, pancakes, right? But I'm asking at the time when the truth is coming for. All of a sudden, I got to go to the bathroom. I ain't had to go to the bathroom any other time. All of a sudden, I forgot something in the car. I ain't forget something in the car. He's like, at the house, I forgot something in the car. No, I done shifted to the service. Right? Again, we're so, sometimes we're even ignorant of our own defaults. Right? So that's why we're looking in the mirror. All right? Does it make sense? That's not the message, but... For whatever reason, and it's not in my script, how am I keep remembering this mirror, right? God must really want us to look in the mirror, right? Because you ain't seen me read no notes or nothing, right? All right, so for whatever reason, God's been reminding us about the mirror. So hopefully we're taking heed. And next week when I ask you uh, what we talked about the mirror, you actually, you know, maybe it wrote something down at least, you know. Took, took a note, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? And if, if you want, I just I can bring back the mirror from uh, uh, Minister James. Uh, send me some clips from the message, Rendezvous with Yourself, which is the name of the book that's coming out. And I had brought a mirror in. So you are, I can bring the mirror back just to remind us, right, to look in the mirror, okay? I got to look in the mirror too. Like, I'm not sweet. I'm looking in the mirror all the time. And I don't always like what I see, so I got to change it. Some things have been there for a long time. I got to get rid of. Ah, oh, me too. Right? Hey, if I'm not really getting the connection, I got to look in the mirror and find out what the connection is. What's, what's severing the connection? Now, I'm sharing that with you. Some things I'm doing right now, some things I've done. I'm 61. Come on. I was just actually my best friend from way back when we were uh, kids called me at 713 this morning while I was at the gym. And he's like, man, it's early in the morning. He's like, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm at the gym, <laughs> you know. And so, we, we, you know, we were talking about some things, and he shared some things, and he was sharing. Have you heard of, I never heard of these people. I said, so what are they, are they a rap group? Is it a song? What is it? He said, no, they talk about how, you know, there's aliens here, you know, and, and you know, how the origin of the earth started. You're probably not into all that. I said, I'm just into the Bible. And I told him, I said, now, 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 listen, I'm not, I haven't heard it, so, I, so I'm not like, man, they tripping. I never said that to him. You, uh, you, maybe I'll have him one day call in and you can ask him. Didn't say that to him. I said, I don't, I said, I, but I said, we're both 61. Who has time for that? He said, well, no, nah, Brad. They call me Brad. 
no, Brad, I know you, what you went to, this, the, another. What I'm saying is this. I said, so let me ask you something. He's about to have another son at 61, right? The son's not born yet, but he's about to have a son. So I said, let me ask you something. I, he said, mercy. <laughs> Minister Lamar, for the people watching online, said, mercy. You know, he's like, he's thinking about, man, if I had a son right now, you know. It really changes my priorities, don't it? But I told him, I said, you have a son, so let me ask you, that information that you, you were talking about, how is it going to benefit you and your son? How is it benefiting you even right now? I said, so you know me. You've known me since I was a, a, a kid. You know the ups and downs. You know, so we were best friends when I was living in, with foster parents, even though nobody in the neighborhood knew it. Yeah. Well, I, I, I said the people I lived with was my actual grandparents. Yes, I lied. Was not cool to be adopted or foster child in the hood. Was not cool. Right? So even he thought they were my grandparents. You know? And when somebody told him the truth, I was like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I hit the override. So I said, so you saw my history. You see the, 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 the peace or the place I'm in now. I said, that's because I grabbed hold of the Bible. I said, so you know me, even growing up, I'm not just doing stuff just because somebody told me. Now, let's go back to this mirror. I'm about to get to the word. Let's go back to this mirror. If you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, what you see is a result of what you believe and what you're actually doing based on what you believe. So think about it. If you don't like it in any place else in life, you would do something different. But why do we criticize what we see that we've never been all in on? And I'm talking about the things of God. And when I say all in, yeah, some of us hover around God. We talk about God. We know the language. But we really don't even understand. We haven't really, we don't sit around and allow ourselves to be taught the details because we really don't want to know the details because then we're going to have to be accountable to them if we're honest, right? Then the other thing is we pick and choose to be obedient to certain things in the Bible. Now, so how did you come up with that one? I'm just curious. How did you decide which things you were going to believe and be obedient to and what things not? Oh, you said, oh, that's not what that means. Okay, cool. What does it mean then? Oh, I didn't really go that far. I just, so I didn't have to do it. I just said, that's not what that means. Now, you didn't say, so I have to do it. I'm going to say that's not what that means. But on the inside, what are you thinking? But have you really exhausted the reality of what it's saying so you know whether or not it's something that you should be obedient to and could be determining your fulfillment or not. I'm not talking about your success. I'm not talking about your position, your job, your props. I'm talking about the reality of what's happening in your life. I'm not talking about how you present yourself. I'm talking about the person in the mirror when nobody's around. The person that's really depressed, frustrated, angered, insecure, scared overprotective, possessive, 
paranoid. All those things. That, I'm talking about that person. You don't have to live with that. But you ain't going to change that if you're hiding that. Like you show up with the mirror and you present somebody else. Oh, I love the way that surrogate person looks. No, no, no. Show up with you and your life and the realities of what's happening in your life. I didn't say what's happening in anybody's life. Did I say that? So I didn't criticize, judge, say positive or negatively what's going on in any specific person's life, did I? What I told you was to look in the mirror and you look at your life. And you be honest with what you see and the results you're getting. You know, I had somebody talking to me and they was breaking down their belief system. I'm definitely not going to say no names on this one because you might be watching and I don't want you to feel bad. But the whole time I'm talking to the person, I was like, are they ignorant to the reality of their surroundings? Struggling, but speaking with a level of, I don't believe that. Cool, cool, but you're also happy, right? See, you can struggle. Listen, if you want to struggle, struggle. You want to be grunge, grunge. You want, hey, but you should be a smile on your face. You know why? Because you're doing what you want to do. So if you're not smiling, if we got to force a smile, listen, when praise and worship go off, everybody is doing what they want to do should be running around this church. If you're doing what you want to do, you're pleased with it and you're fulfilled with it. If you're not, then do something different. Did I mention any specific thing, Javon? Any particular person? Any category? Right? But some of us have heard look in the mirror, ain't even thought about looking in the mirror. Ain't nobody going to tell me to look in the mirror. Okay. I was hoping you wanted to see why you're not happy. Like, it's like pulling teeth to get any level of personality out of you. Why? See, how, see, see, I'm not, this is pastor, because uh, you have, I'm 61, man. <laughs> not a toil to be happy. <laughs> it costs something. You know what I'm saying? I ain't just show up fulfilled. It costs me something. But I was in a position where you had to pull teeth to get something out of me. I'm going to tell you that right now. Like, pull teeth. Matter of fact, you probably be like, yeah, you go sit over there. I ain't sitting over there. But I don't know if Keith going to snap, go off, or explode at any time. Now, on the inside, I'm not snapping, going off, or exploding at all. I just, I, something was binding me that I couldn't see, couldn't feel, and didn't know. And wasn't going to listen to the mirrors that God was sending me. I, I, somebody needed that. That wasn't even the message, but somebody needed that. So if you needed that, say amen. amen. Well, isn't that a song? Say amen. Isn't that something? That's probably not how it go, right? I messed it the whole thing. See, y'all didn't help, but then y'all going to criticize. See, that's what people do. Nobody helped me. Was you trying to help me, Jay? Jay, Jay said I was good because I tried. Nobody helped. But you see, I was like, no, you didn't get that right. You know, Mr. New Jersey, look at you. Supposed to be a pastor. Don't even know the song. All right, let's go to John 8. 
I really didn't know the song. I just, I just know the say amen part, you know. Say amen. It's probably off beat, not everything, right, Ed? Well, you know why I'm off beat, Ed? Because you're supposed to be singing it. Ah, nah. All right, so let's go to John 8. We're going to open up with John 8. Now, uh, as you can see, we're talking about God's masterpiece, which we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. And so I told you last week, uh, we're going to come back to the vision, uh, give you a chance to soak up that part of the vision, and we was going to have a new installment today. Well, actually, that new teaching today was supposed to be, I don't want to grow up. But we were in Bible school, and God threw a shift because in a moment, you got to listen to God. You got to be obedient. God said, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. We're, t- we're teaching on God's masterpiece on Sunday. We'll teach on I don't want to grow up on Wednesday. Now, just because the name says I don't want to grow up, don't not show up at service, okay? I think you want to get the message because it's going to help you um, to evolve, you know, shake some of the things that's been uh, weighing you down, okay? All right, so Wednesday... For all you excited people that are looking forward to showing up on Wednesday is I don't want to grow up, okay? So I got a couple of amens and hallelujahs and it's probably the people that normally come on Wednesday. Okay. All right. I'll get into that later. All right. So John 8.32. All right. We're talking about God's masterpiece and we've been talking about this. You can get the details of how we got to the point that I'm going to share today through I think we've had uh, four. This is number four. So we've had three installments on Wednesday, okay, of God's masterpiece. Please, please uh, get those details too. Uh, John 8.32 is, well, let's start with 31. It says, uh, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word. Now, that's interesting, right? So not just hearing the word, but continue in my word, right? Then you are what? My disciples indeed, indeed in what you do, right? Right, it says, and you shall know. That word know means to be intimate with, right? And you shall know the truth. The word truth means final reality. So you shall be intimate with the final reality. And the truth or that final reality shall make you free. Because we just finished talking about which I say I didn't know how it fit. But how sometimes you can't even like... Be free, or uh, uh, I have, uh, I used to get this to the, the, the players uh, that played uh, either pro football or pro basketball, whatever, I would give them a scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.17. You probably heard me talk about it a lot. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Liberty. Well, I would give them that because sometimes it's hard to be free when you under pressure, you know? Because sometimes you, you, you consider so many other things, right? You take a note, right? Good. Right? So there's so many other things to consider, right? And so it's hard to be free. But I would give them that scripture so they can rest in a place of liberty, even though they were, there was demands, expectations uh, for them to operate in, right? Because sometimes it's hard, you know, to just be free, right? Uh, isn't it? Sometimes. But guess what? Example of being free was Hope singing that song today, right? You know, just kind of, you saw how she just let go. Remember, we talked about that. She just kind of let go, you know. She just closed her eyes and just floated in the song. You know what I'm saying? So that's the example of being free, even though people have expectations, people are looking at you, you know, they at practice, you know, uh, people are trying to follow you and stay on tune and stuff like that. You got all that going on, right? Then you got how you see, hear yourself, which ain't got nothing to do with what we hear, right? You got all that happening. But what she did was, 
rested in his, his place. And I'm going to tell you something I had shared with her, which I'm going to share with you guys here in a little bit, right? So that's about being free. Now, this says, if I know the truth, I get free. So that means if I'm looking in the mirror, I'm going to need the truth to be free of whatever is, is holding me captive. You know, as some of us was young, we used to sit in service and we used to preach and start talking about altar call and giving, Jesus, giving your life to Jesus and all types of stuff. And on the inside, you'd be like, I think that's what I need. But, on, but if everybody's watching you on the outside, it looked like uh, somebody put you in, uh, you know how they used to wrap the mummies? Because you would just be sitting there like, on the inside, you're like, help me, help me. But on the, on the outside, it's like, it's a, did somebody bring a statue in here? But what it is is we're bound and don't realize it, right? Does that ever happen to you? You know, you know some people that are older, I, see, I, I said some people that are older, but it's, it's happening to some young folk even as we um, are speaking right now. But it's not their fault, it's their responsibility. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. All right, so with that in mind, John 8.32 says you should know the truth. The truth shall make you free. And that means final reality. So we're talking about God's masterpiece. So God's masterpiece is the final reality. Now, we talked about this before when I talked about the butterfly. Uh, you can use a, a tadpole. It's really the final reality is a frog. Uh, the butterfly, the final reality, I mean, the caterpillar, the final reality is a butterfly. The acorn, the final reality is an oak tree, right? Right? So there's more to that acorn than that little piece that you see, right? Eventually, it's, if, if, it, if it actually allows itself to go through the process that it was designed to do, it'll fall off a tree and get buried. It'll deal with the, the nurturing of the husbandman God, and eventually it'll grow into an oak tree, right? Right? We don't even have to pick it up. <laughs> hey, this trees back there, ain't nobody been, none of us have done anything with those trees back there. All right? So you see that, right? So this final reality, so this is the thing. There is a final reality, but sometimes that final reality doesn't line up with our truth. Amen. Right? So in this culture, uh, we have something called what? My truth? Mm-hmm. Is that, am I saying that? Is that still... Is that outdated? Mm-hmm. People still saying that? Yep. Nice. Yes is outdated or are they still saying it? They're still saying it. Okay. Now, now, so my truth is a truth, but it's not the truth. Mm-hmm. Right? All the time. Unless my truth is God's truth. So my truth could be a messy piece, not God's masterpiece. Right? You have me so far. Okay, good, good, good. Just take, you know, just kind of walk through some things because now we're in the, the message. <laughs> All right, so let's, let's um, uh, I don't want to do this. All right, right, so we got to embrace reality. But if we're in the days, we can lose sight of reality. Right? If we're, if we're clouded we can kind of miss some of the details of reality. Now, remember, final reality is God's masterpiece. So as we were talking about, as we were talking about God's masterpiece, there's details. Like even, even in the, the swirl, there's details. You know, there's, there's Jesus weaved into there. You see what I'm saying? There's details, right? 
right? And so we can miss some of the details that have the right things weaved in, right? The right color combination, the right stroke at the right time, right? And so sometimes it's because we're bringing too, too many other things in the moment of God's stroke, right? All right, we'll get into that in a second, but sometimes we're bringing too many other things. All right, so let's go look at Ephesians 2, which is our foundational scripture. I'm kind of messing up the people in the back a little bit, I know, but they've uh, prayed in the spirit, so they're flowing with their pastor. So we're trying to serve the people online at the same time. All right, so Ephesians 2. All right, so Ephesians 2, verse, well, let's, let's read 8 through 10, because that's a survival kit scripture, right? Yeah. Verses 8 through 10, survival kit is one of our discipleship training classes. All right, so it says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Now, we know grace means the ability to do. We also means uh, unmerited favor. You know, some people just want to be stuck in a favor, but it also means the ability to do. So for, for, by, uh, for by grace are you saved through what? Faith. All right, through faith. It says, uh, and that what? That faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So what it's saying is you're... Your salvation is not just based on your faith. God had, had enough faith in what he designed. He made sure he sent what you needed to reconnect to him so you could fulfill it. But if he didn't have faith in you, he'd be like, oh, you're going to be disobedient? You're going to be in sin? All right, discard them, move on to the next. But he, didn't, he, didn't, he still believed in us in the midst of our mess, even though we've veered off of his masterpiece, Right? Right? So, it's a, so it says, not of yourself, it is the gift of God. It says, not of works, lest any man shall boast. So it's not on our own merit, right, that we could say the reason how I got to this uh, masterpiece was because, you know, of my acumen and my erudite understanding and my excellence and my intellect, you know, because I've analyzed the situation, come to the... Uh, exact precise conclusion because of my mind's process to uh, break down the intricate details of the uh, chemical calculations. Man, stop. Stop. It ain't on us. It says, uh, verse 10, it says, for we are what? His workmanship created in what? <laughs> we could say inside Christ Jesus Unto good works. Now, he originally created us just through clay. But because of being birthed in this culture of sin, he's actually sent Christ for us to get buried in him, almost go back into the mixing pot and to become a new creature, right? So it says, uh, created us in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. So if there's good works, that means there could be what? Bad works, good. It says, with God, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, so I'll bring it up because uh, Janae asked a good question earlier. So we were talking about Adam and Eve and how they sinned. So Janae asked a great question. She says, so God knew they was going to sin. So I said, yes or no? Because the thought is, if God knew why I was going to sin, why he didn't stop me? Right? Mm -hmm. right? What I told her is I say, so 
when he, when he gave this, this instruction from the place of origin, he wasn't operating and knowing uh, Adam and Eve was going to mess up. He gave them instruction that he had faith that they could do. But in his position to see all things at the same time, he could see in advance where they were going. So he could see them moving towards mess up because of his position. So I gave the example. I said, if I send Janae to California from here, I don't even know, but I'm just giving it two weeks if you're driving. I, I don't know. But, but if I sent her from this place of origin to California, well, let's say, because uh, Clint's here with her now. She was by herself. But I'm sending uh, the Stitchcombs. Did I say the name right? I'll be, I'll be trying to make sure I get the emphasis. They got on me for saying lawnmower wrong earlier. Well, not wrong. I said it from the East Coast. And, well, the Northeast. We're on the East Coast, but I was in Ohio for a long time. All right, so it's Midwest. That's not the East, that's not the East Coast, baby. All right, so, so, so I send the Stitchcombs to California, the place of origin I believe they can get there. And I, get, I believe they're going to follow my exact instructions. I believe in them. In, in, in the origin, I elevate in a, a, a plane, whatever, a rocket, to a place where I can see their travel path for two weeks in a moment. If I elevate from where I'm right, right at right now, I can see two weeks ahead. And I can see, oh, they're about to go to a mountain. So I, so I call down through the satellite and go, hey, hey, make this other turn. Because I see what? Where, where they're going and the mistake they may make from my position of elevation. Now, where is God? God can see years in advance. You see? But when he tells us something, he's telling us something from the, the origin or the place where we should move. It's our, it's our responsibility to carry it out. But he can see, uh, that's not what I told you. And then he gives us a reroute, right? Or, or, you know, so it can work out for our good. Does that make sense? Yes, I said that because of what the scripture says. Because we are as workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has what? Before ordained, right? That's ordained. That's, that's, that's an originated that we should, the Bible says should walk in them. It doesn't mean we're going to be obedient. Right? Does that make sense? Now, the, the NLT, the, the New Living Translation says, for we are God's masterpiece. Right? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Right? Amplify says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths, which he already set, right? So that we will walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. So God has prearranged a good life. How do you know everybody's not going to live a good life? Not according to what God did. He's prepared for everybody to live the good life. He just can't make us be obedient to do it. Now, disobedience is not always devil worshiping, okay? That would be an extreme. Disobedience is not allowing God's strokes to his masterpiece. It would be adding strokes to his masterpiece. 
it would be resisting strokes to his masterpiece. Right? That would be disobedience. Because God has, the Bible says he fearfully and wonderfully made us. Fearfully and wonderfully designed what he wanted in a particular, accurate, detailed way. Anything else is disobedience. It may be a good deed, but not a God deed. Right? You got me. Okay, good, good. Everybody with me, right? That was, first, that was uh, Psalm 139, 13, and 14. Right? So let's go to Ephesians 4, right? It's just uh, next chapter over, right? Ephesians 4, verse 24, but let's, let's start with 23. Uh, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, we know Romans 12, 2 says, be, renew, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, we've talked about this in the renewing of mind teaching that renewing your mind is mental assent. I agree to change, right? It's consciously, Lou, I hear something and I agree to transform. I'm renewing my mind. My, my, the, how I was thinking was was had me going in a momentum, right? I, I get arrested by revelation or truth in that mirror, right? And I go, whoa, I need to go this way. So I agree mentally assent to change. But you understand people don't change because they agree to change. They change because they've changed their habit, their default. So that means what they've agreed to they do it over and over and over, continuing my word and deed until it becomes their default. So most of us, a lot of us as Christians, we mean well. We speak well. We acknowledge well. We just don't live well. Right? Because living is what I do without thinking about it. So I agreed to, in January, lose 25 pounds. I was not lying. But I got to do something every day so this becomes my lifestyle, not just something I keep saying when January comes. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. So God says, hey, this is your church. Plant yourself here. I agreed to plant myself. Right? But I'm not going to be planted just because I agreed. Because I'm going to hear things that I need to do differently. I'm going to hear how to harmonize. I'm going to hear how to learn, uh, go through discipleship, how to uh, uh, flow in God's system of giving and things like that. Well, some things are not going to harmonize with my old default. That's my position where I got to change. Now, what am I doing? I'm doing Ephesians 4.23. I'm being renewed in the spirit of my mind, in my, in my subconscious. My subconscious is, 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 is what I do without thinking about it, right? So I consciously, listen, I hear some of y'all quote scriptures from time to time, believe it or not. And when you're out and about, you'd be like, oh, no, it's just about God. You know, I just, I, just, I just love God. You know, I pray every day, you know. So we acknowledge God. We talk about God. We ain't coming against God. We ain't crazy. But our, is Christ living through our being? When you have a choice, do you choose obedience or you choose, eh, I'll get to that. All right? You got me, right? 
That's, that's uh, 23. I like to explain things, as you can probably figure that out. Verse 24. It says, and, so it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It says, and that you put on the new man. Right? Which after God is created in righteousness, look, look, true holiness. So there's a holiness that's not true. See, so sometimes we run around to go different places because they present holiness. Every, every presentation of holiness is not true. It could just be religious. It, it could be ritualistic. It has all the rituals where you feel kind of, you know, intimidated like, okay, now how am I supposed to stand this way, pray this way, hold this hand up, okay, turn my cross this way. All right, hold up. Do I hold the cross? Let it go? Oh, I put it in my pocket. Put the cross in my pocket so it's turned that way. Okay, I got to wear this way, stand this way, do that this way. Okay, now, do I, now what is holy hands? So, it's, so if the holy hands lift up like this, if it's like this, if it's like this, which one is holy? See, so, so as I try to, you know, I'm trying to make sure I get all the, the now, what did, what, what did you say? Is, it's, do I got the language right? Do I communicate or, or, or do I pray right? Father, thou holy one who sittest on the throne of heaven above the cherubims. You know, do, 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 do I got that down? See, that ain't holy. Because it ain't genuine. It ain't authentic. It ain't real. It ain't true. Right? They that worship should worship in spirit and truth. Right? That was just, thank you. Thank you, there for that, that, uh, uh, which is, that wasn't even an audible. That was actually a, a, a supplement combination of an enhancement of what we're talking about. Right? So that was good, sweetheart. All right, the Amplified says this, and put on the new self. Uh-oh. See, some people are, have acknowledged God, but still are presenting the old self, hanging with the old self. It says, put on the new self, the regenerated, renewed nature. Oh, that's the key. Renewed nature created in God's image, God-like, in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Living in a way that expresses God, expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Now, living God-like would be interesting because I respond to things different. I respond by faith. Like even some of the, let's think of the worst tragic things. Uh, we can think of, uh, uh, let's think of, uh, what's, what's tragic? Death, Okay. I know that's a bad word in some churches, but it's not. All right, let me see. Let me see if I. All right, so, so, so I'm just going to give you this. Uh, Isaiah, let me see. No, no, it's not Isaiah. Yeah, I'll give you Isaiah 57, 1 and 2, right? This is the Amplifier. This is an audible. That was the, this is the audible. It says, the righteous man perisheth, right, at the hand of evil. So, so sometimes, how, how can good things happen to bad people? How can bad things happen to good people? I said it wrong, I know. Right, that's what we say. But this just says, the righteous man perishes at the hand of the evil, and no one takes it to heart. So, so not only do they perish, some people don't even, they don't cry, they don't even notice. Like, eh, glad it wasn't me. It says, faithful and devout men are taken away. Right? It says, while no one understands, 
This is what we go through, right? I don't understand why that happened to them, right? It says that the righteous person is taken away to be spared from disaster and evil. So God, who sits in that position, sees what's coming based on all the choices being made and sometimes relieves the person from the disaster, but not from their heavenly place with him. But since we was, oh, we're only focused on the temporary life, even though the scripture says, lay hold on eternal life, right? So we, when we look at the temporary life, we got, it's such a tragedy. But if we looked at the whole picture, it's tragic if that person has not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and the Savior. And what about someone that didn't have a choice? Well, 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 again, just like children sometimes are having to have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, cross the age of accountability, meaning they're not accountable for their choices. That only starts at 12. When, you, when they can cho- choose and they can process and they, they know right from wrong, even though sometimes parents think, oh, no, 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 not my baby. Yes, your baby. So the age of accountability, you know, obviously we're not in the Jewish culture, but, but it was 12, not 27. Right? So they're responsible for their, their growth in God. Right? All right, so if they haven't, if, if, if it's a, a baby, a baby's not responsible for that. So they're covered. Their, their vessel is gone, but their spirit is still resting with God because their, their spirit hasn't been released to be accountable to man or themselves yet. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't, they can't choose yet. They're still being developed. Does that make sense? All right. I got, I got more scripture on that, but... Uh, if anybody wants to know, I, I, there's, 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 there's more scripture that just shows how we process things different when we look at things from the things of God, right? All right, stay, just, just stay with me. That's, that's not being, that doesn't mean we're insensitive. It means we look at things different. We don't lose hope like others, right? Does that make sense? All right, so I gave you that. Uh, gave you that. Give you that, give you that, give you that, give you that, give you that. All right, so, so, so okay, so now that we're, we're, we're trying to operate in God's masterpiece, right? Now, to operate in God's masterpiece, we want to just embrace the truth. Not, we talked about this on Wednesday, not untested theories of speculated information. So a lot of times we're living off of how we feel, right? Or what somebody said. We haven't really researched this out. Actually, we're busy. Most of us are pretty busy, right? Like you barely got time. You should have time, but you barely got time for the word. So how do you have time to really test all these theories? I mean, to their end. So you go as far as the theory either will comfort you or tickle you. But you won't go as far as the truth. Sometimes because you don't want to, but sometimes you don't really have the time. Think, oh, that sounds good to me. I'll roll with that. And then that, that excuses me from some of the accountability and responsibility I've been hearing, which it's kind of been rubbing me the wrong way anyway because I don't believe I need to do that. Okay, now I'll say this. Uh, I'm not saying no names, but I have to be, I'm at fault if you're, okay. God's sitting at this position. I'm a delegated authority. I'm not the authority, that's God. I'm dele- he's the direct authority. I'm a delegate. I submit to God and I'll do whatever God tells me to do. God told me to pray for Clint. I can't go, I wonder how Clint's going to receive this. Uh, do you think Clint 
is going to believe what I say. Man, I ain't got no time to be thinking about all that. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to pray for Clint. So I'm going to do what I'm saying. Oh, everybody, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody's going, well, hey, maybe this would be a good time to lay hands on everybody. They're so emotional. Maybe we can get some people to fall out. What do you think, Minister James? No, I'm going to be obedient. What God said, good, good atmosphere for me to get in what I want to say. If I'm singing, y'all saying, well, that's not going to happen. But if I'm singing, the atmosphere gets stirred up. I'm still listening to God as to how do you want me to flow? He may go, good, you, you saturated the atmosphere. It's a good time for my word. Or he may go, oh, no, 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 we need to continue to sing that. I got some people I'm still trying to get in. But everything's based on obedience, not feelings and emotions. Right? You got me there? All right, so, so, so. These untested realities are interrupting God's masterpiece, right? Untested speculative information. And, and honestly, respectfully, we talked about this before. It could take a lifetime to test every opinion, theory, feeling, or hunch. So what are we to do? Be obedient. See, this is the thing. It takes a lifetime for you to investigate all these things, but your life can be changed in a moment by God. Your life can be changed by God in a moment. Now, suppose you're distracted by all these things. You can miss your moment, right? All right. See, to experience God's masterpiece, we must allow the completion of every precise stroke in every precise moment. Right? So I got to know God is doing his thing and not to let my fears or things. See, a lot of times we interrupt the stroke or we hurry the stroke. And when we do that, we can have a messy piece, not a masterpiece. Right? Now, why would, why, why would I interrupt it? Hey, hey! You know, you know, sometimes you panic. You know, the Lord told me to share with you. Some things are coming. Follow the unction. And then, then once you follow the unction, it's going to be manifestation. Well, a lot of manifestations could be overwhelming even if they're good things. Well, you can't choke, though, because you can interrupt. The masterpiece, right? The Lord was telling me this morning, oh, yeah, I'm about to do some things today. Now I can go, okay, what, exactly what you're about to do and how you want to do it so I can be ready for it. No, I wrote that down in my journal and went on about my business. And I'm just going to roll with what they're going to do, right? Right? Because I can, I can try to control it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'll do that. Just wait, hold on, hold on. Now, now explain it a little more again. No, 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 you ain't got time for that. Be obedient, right? Or I can hurry it. You know, like, what are we about to do what? Then I rush into it. But I skip some things that will help me to prepare to handle it. Okay, you got me? All right, so because we got to let God's exact stroke to take place. Because, you know, I don't know if you paint, you draw, or you do anything. Even if you're doing graphics, when you're trying to uh, smooth out the edges, you just can't be going like this. You're going to mess up the whole picture. Even with graphics, and the difference between graphics is your connection is different. See, with a pencil, I'm connected to the pencil. I control that circle. You know, they teach you on art, you, you, you really don't go like this. They teach you to take your hand and you do like this. And you know what they teach you? Go on and make the circle. Don't, you, it's going to be a terrible circle if you go... Wait, wait, wait. I'm almost there. It's not going to be a circle. This is a circle. This is a line. 
Not, oh man. Oh man. No, no, this is a line. Do it in the moment. You see what I'm saying? That's what, that, that's, that's, that's what doing a stroke is in, in art. See, each stroke, as we talked about earlier this week, is our day's portion in the day. Right? In Exodus, God said, Exodus 16:4, God said, I'm going to send you manna. I'm going to send you daily manna. He didn't say, I'm going to send you lifetime manna. The word daily is different from lifetime. Daily means what? If I told you, hey, so I don't know why the Lord's focused on you today, Clint, but hey, I'm just going to be obedient. So if I told you I'm going to give you $1,000 daily, I give it to you today, and you done? Or are you expecting me to give you $1,000 tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that? Why? Because I use the word daily. Right? But you know it's something you got to look for what? Every day. But if I say, hey, I'm going to give you $8,000 for a lifetime. What's the difference? Right. But if I say I'm going to give you $1,000 daily for a lifetime. But if I don't add lifetime, I say I'm going to give you $1,000 daily. What you doing? You showing up every day looking for $1,000, right? I'm not trying to figure out if it's going to be a lifetime or not. All I know is it's daily. So, so really, I can say daily is a lifetime because you didn't tell me it was a limit. It's only limited when you stop coming. And normally you stop coming when you second guess, well, that's probably enough. They ain't going to just keep giving me the $1,000. <laughs> but it said daily. Now, you could choose to add the negative or the positive to it. All right? Stay with me, stay with me. So that's Exodus uh, 16, uh, uh, 4. And then we gave you the scripture, Ecclesiastes 5, 3, 5, and 7. These will be in the notes from Wednesday, so I'm, I'm going to kind of run through this so we can get to this, this uh, next point here. But it says the time, I mean, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says there's a time to what? Everything that seizes the time to every purpose, Right. Time to laugh, time to cry. You know, you get to verse 5, it says, time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, right? Time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, oh, and a time to lose, right? A time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rent and a time to sow, right? Time to live and a time to die, right? Now, and it's not based on what's pleasant for us. It's based on the reality, Right? Look, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to tear away and a time to mend together, right? All right, so, so there's, now, now this time is what I focus on. There's moments for these things, right, within our lives, right? There's moments. To everything, there's a season, a time, a moment for every purpose. So I, uh, we, were, we were going over uh, we're in Abide in Christ, and we're in the section that talks about moments, every moment. And we were talking about how God recognized this weakness in man and graciously appointed us the change of day and night in creation. 
So he recognized, he looked at, after Adam did what he did, and he looked at man, and when it says, uh, I'm sorry, this is before Adam did what he did, he looked at the whole picture, and he says, okay, this is what they're going to need. Remember, God declares the end from the beginning. So he didn't just give us, well, I'm going to get into that in a second. He says, uh, you know, uh, let's separate the, the day from the night. So he started to section out this time, okay? Stay with me, I'm going to explain. So if time had been given to us as one unbroken day, it would have exhausted and overwhelmed us. So imagine, because this is how we think. Some of us struggle with even going to sleep. But, but we process like we need to get it all, know it all, figure it all out, complete it all, fix it all in that day. But we can rest assured, God has set it up where you can do it tomorrow. Now, if you know God and you know his design, if you're not finished what he told you to do, you'll be here tomorrow to get it done. But see, you don't know that if you don't know what God told you to do. If you're not playing off what God told you to do. If you haven't been looking in the mirror looking at the truth, right? But if you, but if you know God, he's purposed every one of us for good works. And he has a detail, a masterpiece and way of doing it. The reason why we struggle is because sometimes we can get arrogant. And overconfident, we can be judgmental to others. I don't know why they're doing that. Do you want to be in their shoes to find out why? Some of us end up in their shoes and we stay in denial. The only reason why we're in denial is because we've already criticized the place that we're in now. And so we don't want to accept that we're in it because we, we criticize it. That was me. Like, I, I remember, I was, you know, this is the early years of relationship. I would look at other relationships. I was like, why is dude going off like that? Dude, what are you speeding for? Man, you're going to kill yourself. For what, a relationship? Man, you done lost your mind. I don't understand why these people do that. Till I was in a situation where the police came to my house. Guess what? Now I'm that guy. Matter of fact, when they came in, even though I was not uh, clear-headed, I'll say it that way, <laughs> When they came in, I wasn't clear-headed, but on the inside, I sobered up a little bit. It was like, I'm that guy. The one that I talked about. And every situation I was in, this is why I've lived this life now. I didn't run. I was like, this is humbling. I've become the very thing that I criticized. Because I was criticizing from a vantage point of the outside looking in. I had never been within it. I'm in the stands going, why, why you pass that over there? Get in the game, you'll find out. Or try to ask to understand so you don't have to be pulled into a game you're not ready for. Right? Just, just, just stay, stay with me, y'all. Stay with me, y'all. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you out of this mess. I'm not going to get you out of this mess. I can't get you out. God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus gets you out. I'm just passing on the information, okay? All right, so we can't have one unbroken day. That's not even, think about that for a second. One unbroken day will stress you out, right? See, the change of day and night continually recruits and recreates the powers of God within us for his masterpiece. The change of day and night continually recruits and recreates God, his powers for his masterpiece, right? So what happens is when I rest, 
I give God an opportunity to recreate some things, to rebuild some things, to renew some things, right? So I, I wake up with more strength and I'm not, your body is like that. Some of the aches and pains is because your body hasn't had time to repair itself, to recreate what God has designed. Some of, uh, when, when we break down mentally, because you're, 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 what God has designed in, inside your, your thinker, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect hasn't had time to rest, to reset itself, to now process better. So you ever get or sleep deprived and you find yourself snapping or overly emotional? Because you ain't got no rest. <laughs> it's, it's not rocket science. Be going to get medication, going to all types of doctors. How about it? I'm going to help you out. Free. Won't cost you nothing. Get some rest. <laughs> Go to sleep. But how's it going to get done? First of all, you ain't never getting it all done yourself anyway. It's God. So just go to sleep and trust God. He'll take it from there. He's the one that wakes us up every day anyway. But if we think it's our responsibility to wake ourselves up, we ain't never going to sleep. Because, see, see, we've become God now. And I don't want to depend on God because then now I have to be accountable and responsible to all the things that I judge, question, and say I don't believe. But if I control my, my rising up and my sitting down, then I don't have to be responsible for this stuff. It's me. Uh, uh, some of the people at the church have said it in some of our um, classes. Uh, Dave, they live their life where I don't have to depend on nobody. Then got to a point where they had to depend on people. Now they're frustrated because they're like, man, I don't want to depend on nobody. I want to say I did this. Well, you still could say you did it, but we know God did it. <laughs> if, you want, if, if the goal is just to say you did it, go ahead and say you did it. But yield to God to get it done. Because we, it's, see, the scripture says apart from him, we can do nothing. Not my power, my might, but not by my power, my might, but by your spirit, said the Lord, Right? So, so, so when children, see, when we were growing up, see, when I was a child, I was a child, I thought a child, understood a child, when we were growing up as children, um, we make ourselves masters of each book, lesson, and game that we participated. Like, we got to complete it at that time. But our tutors only expose us to the lesson of the day. They know better. They know if I give you everything, as a child, you'll never go to sleep. So, you know what I give you? Numbers. That's it. Now, when we're kids, we never ask for, what is this connected to? Because what is our focus? I got to figure out how to, to, to remember the sequence. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That, that, that's enough for us in a day. And we don't remember all the numbers in one day, do we? Through, through days, we eventually remember the numbers. Same thing with the alphabet. Nobody gives you words. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But you know those numbers and those words connect to something? The numbers connect to something called addition, subtraction, and multiplication. Right? So now I remember we got to different grades, and instead of us having uh, do you know your numbers and getting rewards or uh, Mr. Good Bars or whatever we was getting, now it was like, hey, do you know your addition? Can you add this up? Oh, then when we got to, because I'm a math guy, we got the timetables. 
I was like, oh, man, I'm about to get my Fifth Avenue today. I love Fifth Avenues back then. You know, I'm going to get my Fifth Avenue bar. What? Clock bar? I'm on it. What? Two times two is four. What? Three times three is six. You know, I was, just, I was breaking it down. Now, the one time I only won because the other guy that was really smart, his birthday was actually the same day as mine. He was sick that day. And I, if I'm honest with you, I only won because he was sick, because I missed one. He wouldn't have missed it. Anthony Gibbons, I'm going to give you props there, Anthony. Never told you that. You bust myself out today, but I won that day because you didn't show up. Thank God. <laughs> I wanted that. Hey, Fifth Avenue? What? So, so we got the timetables. Then you get to algebra and you get to tree, right? Geometry. You learn the angles. Numbers has something to do with angles. Because if I told you 90 degrees and you never knew the numbers, it'd be like, what, the, what, is a, what is a 90? You understand what I'm saying? Right. Then you get the calculus. You get the exponents. But you can't do exponents if you don't know timetables. That's right. That's right. It'd be like, exponents? Well, why is that number on top? <laughs> you start what? You, could, you try to add them. <laughs> you might multiply. Oh, Eight to the second power, oh, that, oh, I know that, that's 16, right? Eight to the third power, oh, that's 24, right? See, somebody said, mm-hmm, well, he was just saying, mm-hmm, but it's not. It's eight times eight times eight. It's an exponent, quadratic formulas, all these things. You grow to it, it's leading you to engineering. They don't just be, because I tell my wife, I love building. I mean, watch the stuff. I was like, now, how do they know to put that bridge that way? Put that turn that way. Math. Calculations. You understand what I'm saying? Stay with me here. So, so you see how it's, it's day by day. It's step by step. If you skip a step, you may be there, but you can't really process because you don't have this information. Like some of you don't got in trouble with your jobs because you didn't read the fine print. You know why? Because you skipped the reading part in class. You skipped the commas in class. How about this? You skipped the paying attention so you didn't even really listen. And then you fired. You'd be like, I don't understand. You don't understand? I told you what you're supposed to do. No, you ain't tell me. And then they, they read it through. And you'd be sitting there like, well, I, I, I don't remember you telling me that. You know what you're really saying? I ain't pay attention because I didn't know that that was important. And I just, I just breeze through stuff like that most of the time. I said, stay with me, stay with me. All right, so, so what God did was, he, uh, and what tutors do, they spare us from what would be utterly hopeless if, if somebody gave us a whole book or a whole lesson or all the way to engineering day one, all the way to how to read uh, the dictionary and, you know, you're in the kindergarten. You know what I'm saying? If they give you all, it would be overwhelming, right? So they give you a piece at a time, right? Even though you want to rush to be like the older kids. We was doing our workouts out here. And so we got older, younger, and then we're transitioning some. So what I did was with BJ, BJ actually was better than the, the younger kids and could probably hang with the older kids. But if you would have got with the older kids, he basically got dominated. So what we did was I put him in a situation. I gave him the opportunity to, to show the younger kids, 
right? Now, he caught an attitude that day, so he got removed totally, right? But he learned a lesson that day because I really don't play games with people. Like, you know, see, it's not being a parent is about doing what's best. Being a leader is about doing what's best, not what's comfortable, right? So I was shifting him, but then I created games where he could participate with the older kids, have a major role, right? And still, now he's, he's feeling them, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like it was, it was because, you know, again, he was unique, you know. I mean, he almost won the three-point contest out here. But I showed up. Right. <laughs> but he would have beat me. I'm just being real. He would have beat me. He would have beat me if it wasn't me. Not because I was better. I hadn't played basketball in three years. It was because I spent time training him. So as soon as I showed up, he was like, oh, man. So I said to myself, I got this one. I had to make the shots, too. Like, it's not like I made one shot, you know. I had to make the shots, too. But I was confident because I know I had time to make the shots because I know BJ would miss because he was like, that's Pastor Keith. I waited till after we finished. I said, well, you know, you could have won. All you had to do is make the same shot you made to get to the championship round. Just don't look at me. Stay in the moment. All right, so stay with me. Stay with me. All right, so Matthew 6, 11. All right, let's go to Matthew 6, 11. Uh, we, you know, we just have a, well, I won't distract you. Matthew 6, 11. This is important, so I want to make sure you get it. At least, you know, that's why God told us to talk about it today. So Matthew 6, verse 11. I, you know the Lord's Prayer. I follow heart and heaven, how be done, that kingdom come, that will be done. Y'all, y'all know that, right? right. See how I said that? I said, y'all know that, right? Just, you know, some people know it, some people may not. But it's in Matthew 6, okay? If you don't. I have a verse 11 says, give us this day our daily bread. So we just, we just went over that with... with uh, Clint getting $1,000, you know, daily, right? Right? So the expectation is to come back to get what I got yesterday, right? So give us this day our daily bread would be what? Come back to get the bread daily. Not, I got this word today, and I'm just going to ride that out for a lifetime. Right? Daily, okay? So you got me. All right, so let's go to Exodus 16 again. I know we did verse 4. Well, we didn't go there, but I, I referenced verse 4. But let's go. This is when uh, they were complaining in the wilderness about eating, and God says, I'm going to I'm gonna respond to your complaints this time, uh, and I'm going to make sure I take care of you, but I'm going to teach you something through this, okay? And so God said he was going to give them a quail and manna, okay? He's going he's to give them provision. Verse 14, uh, Exodus 16, verse 14. It says, and when the dew that lay, that lay was gone up, behold, or dew or moisture, uh, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay small round things as small as a hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, it is manna, or as my wife always breaks down, that means what is this? Right? Because it was, it was nourishment they had never seen before. Right? So it is manna, for they wist not what it was. Right? And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. It says, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. 
So as he not only gave him resources, he told him how to be steward over it, right? He says, this is the thing the Lord commanded. Gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man, according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tent. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less, based on what they needed, right? It says, and when they did meet it with an omer, he gathered, uh, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. So whether you needed more or less, everybody was satisfied, right? Right? So they gathered every man according to his eating. So it was not just according to your need, it was according to their appetite, right? It says, and Moses said, let no man leave it till the morning. What was that? Let no man leave it to win. So in our language would be save nothing for tomorrow. So that means enjoy your food today. Chew on that daily bread. That daily manna, that daily rhema, that daily word, that daily wisdom, that stroke for that day. Right? He says, but save nothing for tomorrow. You see that? It says, and Moses said, uh, let no man leave it till the morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses, but some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. So now somebody tried to use today's rhema for tomorrow's impact. Today's word for tomorrow. It's just stretching out. God told me to leave my job, and we just sitting around carrying that around. Every time somebody says, well, hey, hey, back up. I know God told me to leave my job. Oh, when did he tell you that? When did he tell you the next day? Or the day after that? Or the day after that? Or the day after that? So that God told you to leave my job right now is stank. It ain't got number of worms in it. I don't know how that came across, but... So remember I said when I, was, when I was young and I first started to learn to draw, I, I learned with superheroes. So I would draw, and I mostly can complete everything I, I drew within a day. So if I was drawing, you know, my favorite guy was a Flash, right? And so I would draw Flash. I can finish Flash that day, you know, or if I'm drawing, you know, Flash, you know, right? So if it was whoever, Iron Man, you know, with his little, you know, his torch coming out of his hand, I can finish that that day. So one day I got this idea. I said, I'm going to draw like a superhero poster. And so I started drawing. I drew two of the superheroes. I was getting to the third one. The day is almost over. I felt a, a, a type of anxiety. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I ain't finished the poster and the day is almost over. And in that moment, it hit me. I'm 15 years old. I can finish tomorrow. Now, for y'all, that's like no big deal. But for me, in that process, I was used to completing things within my control and within my control of time. Now, this new level and this new expectation is requiring more time, right? More patience. I ain't have to use no patience. <laughs> Let's get it done. I, was, I never tapped into that type of patience. I never w went beyond my limit before. 
But I realized in that moment, I can only do in a day what I can get done in a day. So remember we said, God's masterpiece is a day's portion in a day. Because that's what God has said in, in Exodus 16.4. He was like, hey, God's going to give you manna. He's going to give you a day's portion in a day for that day. Basically, your daily bread. Make sense? I said, so we know that in the Bible it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, so this is why that scripture is valuable because we're supposed to wake up every day, start our day with seeking God first for what's his stroke for his masterpiece. But a lot of times we may talk to God at the end of the day after everybody done painted on our canvas. Their problems, their issues, their sabotage, their hating, the worst case scenarios. Sometimes we done painted on the canvas, but we're supposed to seek God first every day. It says, seek, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. See, see everything that's supposed to go on a masterpiece is supposed to chase us, but the world has us chasing it, right? You see that? So, 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 so look at this for a second. Uh, Malachi 3. What page is that on? Okay. Page 870. So we must have the same Bible. <laughs> All right. So Malachi 3, we'll start here. It's actually 871. But uh, uh, Malachi 3, verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Now, God is the master who's trying to create the masterpiece, right? And so it says, well, just, so, so, so in, in, in a lot of what we're talking about, will we rob God for creating this masterpiece? It says, yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? It says, in tithe and offering is what it says here. It says, you are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation or, or all these people, right? It says, bring ye all the tithes. And that's the tenth of what I've afforded you. It's basically saying, bring me the seed, right? Basically saying, don't eat the seed. You know, so if I gave you an apple, he's saying, all the apple is yours. Please consume it. Just don't eat the seed, right? I don't care how big the apple is. Some people says, you know, I have a guy that was playing in the league. He says, yeah, you know, he says, you know, I want to be obedient to what God says, but, man, my tithe is different from everybody else's. Like, you know, I'm a millionaire. I said, hey, cool, no problem. What I'll do is I'll pray that God could lower your salary so your tithe is tied to be lower. Cool? Now, 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 I said that because that's a part of his masterpiece, too. He says, bring, uh, he says, let's, he wanted to be meat in his house because God has things he's doing, right? And the thing is, we don't understand. Okay, let me keep reading it. I'll explain I'll keep, I'll explain here. All right, it says, uh, wherein you robbed me and tithes and offer you curse, curse of your whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now in the moment. Right, don't keep trying to add to the strokes by your, your worry, your thinking and everything. It says, prove me now here with. It says, save the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven now in the moment, 
pour you out a blessing that, that there shall not be room enough to receive. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake from adding a, a messy piece, right? And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, which is supposed to produce. He says, and neither shall your vine cast forth fruit before the time in the field. See, in the moment, save the Lord of hosts, right? Now, if, if, we, don't, if we're not, we don't allow God's stroke and we, we don't, we're not obedient to that, like, the, the devourer comes and destroys the whole canvas. You see what I'm saying? Now, now we got a messy piece. You, 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 see, you, you, you feel me? You understand what I mean? Right, so, so right, okay, so let's go to, uh, uh, well, I didn't put this in here. Romans 11. Romans 11. Romans. Full service, all the pieces. Romans 11, 16. And let's see. Eleven sixteen. I'm reading the ERV version. Okay, it says, "If the first piece of bread is offered to God, then the whole loaf is made holy. If the roots of the tree are holy, the tree's branches are holy too." So here, God's trying to create a specific whole masterpiece. He's saying, "So as I give you the paint and give you the strokes, He says, everything you do start with Me first." So that's why he was even saying that with tithes, offering. Look, he said even if the first bread, first piece of bread be holy, everything's holy. Offer to me first. That's why people, they offered, Jesus offered them. Look, they had the, what, the five loaves and the fish offered to, to God first, right? And then it expanded beyond their belief, right? So sometimes we're cheating ourselves. If we're doing with our moment, what are we doing with the moments in our day? See, we're the, steward, we're the stewards of God's stroke to his masterpiece. He's, a, he's using us as vessels to put his stroke on a masterpiece. What are we doing with those moments? Are we adding, subtracting, getting in our head, uh, getting in our worry, getting in our comfort, getting in our uh, uh, protecting ourselves? See, the value of each day can be diminished when we, refuse, when we infuse our past, have I done enough to deserve this? Or sometimes our future. What's attached to this? No, we're just supposed to be in the moment. Be obedient. What have I done to deserve this? Why are we in our head at all? See, that's messing with the stroke. Okay, okay, where's this stroke leading to? How's this picture going to come out? No, 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 no. Just do the stroke. Just be okay with the stroke. See, the scripture says, I count all things but lost, but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Forgetting the things that are behind me and pressing toward the mark. I'm the, pressing toward the mark, the stroke. Yeah. Right? Uh, Philippians 3, 8 through 14. So every day deserves our in-the-moment attention so God can have his masterpiece. Listen, every day deserves our in-the-moment attention. Right? In-the-moment attention, not... In the future, not in the past, not in the mistakes, not in the circumstances, in the moment of tension. And if we do, we'll give our best first. See, see, I was standing here and God says, I need you to pray for Clint. I can't size up Clint. 
I got to pray for him. God told me I need to grab Jason. I can't say he told me to tell Jason, not before God, but I love you. But I, I love Jason. But I'm saying, you know, well, I can't be like, well, how's Jason's going to process this? Then he told me, don't let go of his hand. You hold on to his hand. I'm still, I ain't finished. I can't go, well, I don't want to let go of his hand. I got things to do right now. <laughs> no, I'm going to be obedient. I'm not trying to calculate everything. He told me to send a message to my aunt this morning. I sent it. Not, I wonder how she's going to take this. She going to agree with these scriptures or not? I ain't got time for that. It ain't my stroke. <laughs> see, that, 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 see, we're doing too much. Instead of just being obedient in the moment. See, Ephesians 15, walk circumspectly. See, make sure the stroke is intentional. Redeem the time. Maximize your moment by making sure we're not interrupting God's stroke. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. I'm going to do this with perception. Our perception should stay in the moment. Seeing God's stroke in its reality. Not in, in, in our history or in our what ifs. See, see, we add our perception. Well, based on how I've always done things or based on what. See, People struggle with, with, with church, people that struggle with church. A lot of times it's based on their history. Well, my grandma and them, they got played. Well, last church I was at, they did me such and such. People mess up relationships based on what? The history. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I'm, I'm using me, okay, I'll use me. Tell you what, ain't nobody playing me. I'll be the last person in the room getting played. Nobody going to take advantage of me. Nobody hustling me. Uh, what did I tell you? Uh, nobody's uh, going to take advantage of me. So I was giving her stuff in the early, early part of the relationship. And then one day I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to back that up a little bit. I don't want her to think it's always going to be like that. Like she's going to take me for granted. Based on what? That's my wife. If God said I'm supposed to be with her, how can she take advantage of me? The question is, did God say I'm supposed to be with her? Somebody said, that's important, <laughs> right? But God did say I was supposed to be with her, obviously, right? We ain't got to figure that one out after 30, 31 years, right? All right, so, so, so you, you see how the, our perceptions just stay in a moment? See, it's dangerous when we're looking through insecurity lenses and mistake lenses, messy lenses. All we're going to get is a messy piece. It ain't based on your mistakes, it ain't based on if you're secure or not. It's based on your obedience. And so when I think about this, I think about uh, Venetia offering a great example on, on one of the Wednesday nights. They, they went out painting, right? And so the, you, you guys paint roses, right? Or vases or roses. Or... They was painting pictures, okay? So they had a canvas. They was given paint and they was given brushes. This is real interesting stuff. Stella's pretty precise in her painting, right? Venetia was not. <laughs> so she's painting, you know, because she, she was, Venetia, you know, Venetia's got a lot of zeal, confident. You know, you can twist your head all you want to. Obviously, he was not because it really was a mess, right? So that's not the beginning, is it? Yes, it wasn't a mess. It's a mess. All right, so anyway, so 
Uh, you're not helping with the picture because you're not showing. You're still not helping with the finish. I ain't even called for the picture, so why is it even up there? <laughs> See, I got her. See, trying to add to God's masterpiece today. No, they be helping. I, I apologize. That, who's that? Hope? Was that Hope? Yeah, my bad, Hope. You ain't mad at me, are you? Somewhat? A little halfway? Oh, okay. Because you put your thumb down. I just saw it. <laughs> Meaning, no, you're not. Okay, I got you. All right, so got to get the signals right. So, so Venetia started out, so she needed help. It wasn't working out the way she wanted to, right? So Kalina, who paints, right? If y'all know her background, Kalina actually, am I saying her name right? Y'all been messing with me by my accents and stuff. So Kalina, is, she paints. So, so she's painting her masterpiece looking at um, Venetia's and at this color. Add that, add that. So she didn't ask Venetia, how did you get it like that? Now, if y'all know Miss V, Miss V gonna tell you, well, no, see the reason why I used that color and did that, this, that, and the other, but she ain't asked her none of that. Cause she didn't need to know that. She just needed to give her what? The stroke that she needed at the time, right? And, it's, and, and she said, Kalina was cool. She's like, oh, what am I doing? Kalina's like, hey, just do this. And then she would do something, add this. Do this. Do that. And, you know, the result, which somebody jumped ahead back there. I ain't going to say no names. Y'all already know who it is. Hope. Right? Uh, result was, because you give me the result now, Hope, please. Please, Hope. That was the result. Right? So, so she gave her what she needed, and she was telling her to add colors she would have never added. You know, add some white to this, and add some this to that. She's like, well, now nah, I'm trying to get a red, this, that, no. Why would I add that? You know what I'm saying? But you don't need to know why. You just need to be obedient. Because the, the, the artist knew exactly what was needed. Right? So the master knows exactly what strokes you need to make. Just, 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 just let them yield to the stroke as opposed to, well, I don't understand why we got why we to add that. Well, I can't see how that's going to turn out. I just don't. Listen, I trashed my car, my Jeep. I kept going to the dealership. Man, they got the bumper because the bumper was knocked off. I, I, got, I got hit by a pickup. And, and I was like, Man, y'all got the bumper on the seats and there's leather seats and this, that, and the other. And the guy said, listen, that's why we don't like y'all coming down here. <laughs> he said, when, when we finish, it's going to look brand new. I couldn't see it. Based on every, I, I was going like every, because, <laughs> you know, people say you want to go down there and make sure they don't mess up your car, right? I kept going down there, getting on their nerves. Sure enough, when I got that vehicle, it shined better than it did before. But I can't see how they did that. Because you know why? I'm not a mechanic. I don't do body work on cars. I'm not a fabricator. I don't take things, melt them down, and bend them into the perfection as if they were new. 
You see the difference? All right, okay, all right, so I know we got to go. So the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God, right? I, so I have, to, I have to share this because we like, we're we a full service church, so I got to bring my cousin in here, Karen, you know, since she decided she wanted to participate in the sermon on uh, Friday. So, so Friday we were talking about Wednesday's message, right? And so we was talking about it, and as we talked about people's getting revelation, and so Karen says, um, she says she came on a Wednesday night, and Wednesday night we share. We put the mics up, and at the end you can share, right? So she said she showed up and said, hey, I'm going, but I ain't sharing nothing. So she came with what? Preconceived thoughts. Well, you can't get, you can't get God's stroke if you've already come in with how you want to do things. Right? So, so we talked about that, and I said, well, well hey, uh, the day or the moment doesn't need our preconceived thoughts. So Karen's like, oh, that's good. That's good. So, so then in the next thing she says, she said, uh, uh, I got to wonder. I'm just wondering how I can stay in the moment. I said, well, there you go again. You started out with preconceived thoughts, advanced information. Now you're trying to project out in the, in the future. The moment doesn't need none of that. It needs us to stay in the moment and maximize the moment. We add too much. And that's what's overwhelming us. It doesn't need our projections. It doesn't need our, our, our wondering, our worrying. It doesn't need, I tell you what, when we got married, my wife was like, well, you know, her process was divorce was an option. Right? Why? She had been divorced. Her parents had been divorced multiple times. Well, she didn't need to come in with that. She just needed to be in the moment of the marriage. You see what I'm saying? Like, but trying to protect myself against some, someone or something that's happened and they're not there, you, you're missing the moment. Right? We got to stay in the moment. See, God's masterpiece is in the moment. Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. And I'm, I'm going to give you this and we'll, we'll transition out. So Romans 8, 35, 31 through 35. This will be our last scripture. Okay. Romans 8, 31 to 35, okay? This is a little bit of information from uh, the class on abiding Christ. Now, now, now my, well, in the morning, we talk about headings, right? So my heading says, the spirit assures, the, the spirit assures of final victory. Make sure we have final victory. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us, right? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yet rather that is risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of, of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors to whom that love us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we was talking about this in the Bible in Christ, and the author put it this way. He said, I am persuaded that neither death with its fears, neither life with its cares, nor things present with their pressing claims, 
nor things to come with its dark shadows, nor height of joy, overconfidence, nor depth of sorrow, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from a single, for a single moment, well, shall be able for a single moment to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, in which he is teaching me to abide. So there's nothing that has the ability to really bring us out of the moment unless we let it, unless we let it. So we're not just in the moment. That's where the faith is. And so sometimes we're playing off of the wrong thing, the cares of the world, the deceitful riches, and the lust of other things, instead of just being in the moment. You know, that's why we're distracted from the things of God. God tells us to do something. We go, oh, I can't do that because I got to do this. And I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you here. Find wisdom to make sure you play off of God first. So even if you have other things coming up in your life, like God didn't know those things was coming up, but some of us have played off of recitals, sports, different things like that. And I gave this, I gave this example uh, when I was talking to someone, and I'll give you the example. Uh, there's, there's an athlete, I'm going to mention his name because it's public, um, not trying to put him down, but it's a great example of what not to do. But Aaron Hernandez, I don't know if you've heard of his story, but he's won a Super Bowl, uh, phenomenal uh, athlete, phenomenal athlete. So, so that means he went to what? Uh, Pop Warner, probably, right? Huh? Right. Pop Warner, uh, whatever high school, might have won a state title or something, got recruited to a Division One school, right? That, uh, didn't he go to the University of Miami? Went, went to Florida? All right. So, so, University of Florida, okay. Wherever he, he, go, he goes to a Division I school. From playing in a, well in high school, from playing well in Pop Warner, right? Then he gets what? Drafted to the NFL, right? Not just as a player, not just make a couple dollars, a couple hundred thousand, that's the minimum salary. He's making millions, tons of millions. Well, he's locked up for murder. So he went through the sports. He, they, they, they made sure he went through all those things. The guy out here, Ray Carruth, he went through that whole process. He's locked up from getting somebody killed. You know, well, you know what happens? Unintentionally, they skip steps. They miss strokes. Because what was missing? The God piece. I just talked to someone that their child did something they thought was impossible. Model child forever, super athlete and everything. They couldn't believe it. And when we had the conversation, I said, hey, we can't miss steps. What, is their, what are they playing off of? What they're exposed to. So we got to come up with wisdom, which we had to do. My, my son played... Uh, uh, AU, high school basketball, college basketball, right? Summer pro leagues, right? But we always played off of God. We just had to come up with some wisdom. And we knew it had to be wisdom because we're like, well, we can't skip God. The other stuff may get skipped, but we ain't skipping God. And God gave us wisdom to navigate through that. Phenomenal athlete. You know, navigate through. We enjoyed the games, right? It's not just games. Some of these things, there, there's people that I know. Okay, 
would you exchange your life? Man, I hate to mention names, especially people I know. Um, but honestly, for the short lives, life that Whitney lived. Look how short her life was. But she went to the, the, the top art school and things of that nature. But there were steps skipped, not putting her down. I just, I just want us to see, we're missing perspective. Have you ever seen, I, I don't watch stuff like that anymore, but I used to watch Unsung. Have you ever watched that? Yes. What is it about? And they never run out of stories. People that, and it's not just one hit wonders, because some of these people are not. There's groups that broke up, people that, that you didn't even know. He's like, Man, I used to love that song, but they went through all that. Jumped off of buildings. You know, Donnie Hathaway was a great singer. But you understand with him and Roberta Flack, it was a lot of demonic stuff he was exposed to. Oh, yo, go, go study it out. Uh, with all due respect, I know I put it out here right now, but, you know, Roberta was on something different. So he was exposed to some things. Skip steps. We just go, I love that song. Right? There's people that have lost their identity of who they are. Do you understand? That, like, like, it's happening even more now. We're skipping steps, but we're we, we playing off of the money. We're playing off of the fame. We're not playing off of fulfillment. Like, we're we, we missing something here. And we tell ourselves it's okay because the world has established as you've arrived if you do this. But we're not looking, we're, we're not inquiring of the Lord. Did the Lord say that was okay? And, and somebody said, yeah, well, the Lord says, okay. So the Lord says it's okay to do things that keeps your, your family or you from getting what you need for his masterpiece. God said that. Like, I mean, come on. Listen, so y'all want me to just uh, baby you? And you can come up to me and go, man, I think that's stupid. That's crazy. Explain that. I'll give you chapter and verse. I'm just trying to crystallize it right now. Because even with me, I got to be obedient. I can't just be soothing. You know what I'm saying? Like churches trying to be soothing. People are getting their head busted. And, hey, hey, you know, Ooh, ooh, man, that's a lot of flavor, boy. boy but I, nah, man, that dude funny, man. Funny? Now, that dude is funny. Oh, uh, uh, dynamics. Oh, I love the set. I love the set. But I can't talk to my kids. My kids are slipping and dipping in stuff that's, that's arrested them, and they can't connect with people no more. But I love the set. I feel good in the moment, but my kid is being dragged around by lust. And I'm in denial. Not my baby. Yo, baby. All because what? We're skipping steps. God's strokes for God's masterpiece. Do you understand? Most people that get into abusive relationships then go in, oh, let me just get an abusive relationship. Let me just get abused. Nobody does that. They go in feeling like it's going to be fulfillment, but not discerning that it's a trap. The discerning comes from being in the house. 
The feelings come from ignoring the steps and not having a sensitivity to do what's best. We don't even do what's best with our kids. I just want them to like me. They're going to bite you in your butt. If your whole relationship is about you being liked, those are the kids that bite you in your butt because they're going to grow up and say, you had the opportunity to tell me the truth. You had the opportunity to guide me the right way. You just trying to be my buddy. I don't need it. I got friends. I need a parent that, that's willing to be not liked, but I get what I need for my life. Now, that's a masterpiece right there. God does it. I, I, I talked to this guy when I first met him, and he felt that people were playing him in ministry. They're holding me back. I said, let me ask you something. I, I, I let him talk for a while, probably a couple years. I just let him go ahead. A couple years, I just gave him what he needed, like with, with, with Colleen and Venetia. I was like, here, do this stroke. Here, try this stroke. But then at a certain point, you're messing up the canvas, right? So I said, hey, let me ask you something. How come God didn't show up? You said people are playing you. Promotion don't come from people. Promotion come from God. I said, how come God didn't show up? Look at your life right now. They playing me. They don't know my value. God does. How come God didn't put you on that platform? How come God doesn't have, you know, people chasing your door down for your ministry? For your business? That was sarcastic. Let me just back that up a little bit. God has not shown up because God doesn't endorse things that are not his masterpiece when we skip the details. God doesn't do stuff because we're confident and we got an attitude. And Listen, we've had people we've given platforms to, and they've come up and talked down to folk as if they've arrived and everybody needs to get themselves together. They weren't ready for the platform, but they was given a platform for the opportunity to discover that. Go look at the video and go, like I did when I was young in ministry, like, who in the world is that, and why did they let him preach? I actually have done I did that. Ask her. I said, man, I'm not looking at that dude. That dude, what is he talking about? What kind of attitude is that for a preacher? I'm looking at me. I was like, well, we, oh, no, 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 no. I said, I don't know who that is, but I don't want to be like him. Not, I'm going to keep putting stuff out there. I'm not going to look at it because, you know, I just don't like to see myself. You know, it's that another. Oh, no, you, you need to look in that mirror because some things need to be changed, Amen. right? And you realize that the delay is you, you, you don't lo- you're not loving people. It's about you. It's your masterpiece, your messy piece, not God's masterpiece. That's not me. I didn't say a specific person, but I'm saying that's what the delay is. You know, God, in a moment, God can have somebody walk to your door and put you on the platform. When you've been behind the scenes just doing everything God told you to do, didn't jockey for position, you out there tending sheep, attacked by bears and lions, while everybody else is in front of the kings, they, they getting stats. Oh, man, now that's a soldier right there. Your boy doesn't work, but right? oh, no, that's a soldier. And you hearing them talk about all the soldiers and all their victories and their, their excellence with the bow and arrow, with the sword. You know, how they fight, how they throw uppercuts, jabs, 
Like you see all that, and the whole time you're like, in you, you're like, man, I could be a king, man. They got me out here with the sheep. But, but you have a peace because you're with God. And God's saying, hey, what's what I need you to do? Take that sheep over here today. And then you see kingship again, and you go, you feel it on the inside. Go, yeah, now I need you to do this right here. And then that day you're attacked by a bear, and you're going, and you just say like, like you, can't, you know, everybody at the house sitting around on Sunday dinner, and like, yeah, I took out about 1,000 a day. Well, how many did you take out? Yeah, I took about 10,000. Now, Goliath dude is tough, but overall, I've been doing quite well. And all you got to say is, well, a couple of sheep ran away and a bear showed up. I'm sure that's not important to you soldiers. <laughs> and God takes you from private victory to public platform. <laughs> See, that, that's his masterpiece. But we try to force our way in our swag and our arrogance. And I'm going to tell y'all right now, stop criticizing God's masterpiece. Stop complaining. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. Stop. Because you, it, now you can do it if you are setting yourself apart diligently, heard from God what the vision is, and, it's, and what's being done is not lined up with God's masterpiece. It's not supposed to be feel comfortable for you. It's supposed to please God. Right, did I say that with attitude? No. Uh, that was, was that, how did that come across? I don't know. It just felt kind of extra. <laughs> all right, that's all. That's all for today. God's masterpiece. That's enough. What do you think? That's, <laughs> that's enough. Stand on your feet. Amen. True. Stand on your feet.